Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Small Bank says it will soon reach an amicable solution with the Bank of Ghana over the fine. We have details on that. Also in this bulletin, Automobile Assemblers Association of Ghana projects a growth of 60% expansion of the industry if Ghana automotive development policy is implemented well. A policy is always a journey, and so there's a final bit which has to be implemented, which will really make us become very viable. And today we've had the Minister of Trade and Industry assure us that that will be implemented this year. We have details of these and many others coming away all in a moment. Please stay. Always a pleasure to have you on Straight to our very first story. The Chamber of Independent Power Producers has asked its members to stop supplying power to ECG beginning 1st July. The move is to press home their demands for the 30% of the nearly $2 billion debt owed the independent power producers. There's more in this report. An email from the Chamber to its six members, cited by Joy Business, urged the thermal power producers not to supply power to the national grid beginning Saturday, July 1st. The mail saluted the members of the Chamber of IPPs for their unflinching support, adding, It is determined to get results at all costs. The members include Sanon Asogli, Send Power, Car Power Ship, AXA, Twin City Energy and sell it. Together, they produce 2,010 megawatts of power. The withdrawal from the national grid is expected to create a power shortfall, leading to a possible power fluctuation or doomsaw. This indicates the precarious nature the country will find itself if the thermal power producers go off the national grid. All right, so let's assess the impact of this and let's get on to Zoom and speak with the Executive Director of the Institute of Energy Security, Nana Amwesi the Seventh, for more on this. Nana, pleasure you could join me on the marketplace. Now, how much of an impact do you think this will um, have on reliable power supply? Unmute for me, Nana. Nana, kindly unmute for me. Okay, are we good? Yeah, much better. If we allow the power producers to shut down, the impact on the country will be great, and uh, it will be there. Mm. First, it goes to bring up 
some reputational damage um, on us as a country, it will go to show government's poor handling of the power sector that it was not able to make interventions um, as and when it is required. It's also going to set a bad precedent if we allow them to shut down. They tried several on numerous occasions. They've given indications of shutting down anytime their debts are compounded. This time, if they are able to make good their word because of government's failure to intervene, then of course, it's a bad precedent. At any point in time, they can use the same tool or measure to threaten us as a country. And uh, should they go down, uh, outages are extended. It means that Greco will be making revenue losses. Um, ECG will be making revenue losses. Medical will be making revenue losses. And also, there will be economic loss because of extended power outages. And so the damages are huge. Uh, let's add even public safety. It will be threatened if the, uh, the outages are extended. And it appears government is struggling to negotiate with the IPPs to have them extend uh, the deadline in cutting power supply. What really could be the challenge aside from the 30% um, demand of debt owed to them? Uh, it is difficult to speak for government mm. as to why they are able to make quick interventions when it comes to these matters. But then, um, on the corridors of the IPPs, when we looked, we found that uh, they have a posture of no stories, a posture of no policies, a posture of no theories. All the experts make commitment to our payment and we will shut down. Uh, we've, we've gotten the, the indication that all the IPPs have issued a zero nomination to mm. Greco transmitter. It means that they have declared unavailability at this point in time. And we expect government to engage as soon as possible to avert this situation. Uh, indeed, on the bit about engagement, we do know that government has barely um, 48 hours to stop the IPPs from executing this threat. But beyond the engagement, now let me put this to you once again. What must government do in the interim? In the interim, um, I repeat the same word. Engage, engage, and engage as soon as possible. If government calls off their bluff, government does so at its own risk. Mm. And uh, this time around, we see the posture from the IPPs um, as a strong one and determined to shut down if government fails. I'm sure governments should call them to the table right away and make some commitment to the payment. They will make good their word. Engagement is what is needed at this point. Mm. For, for, all right. Maybe you want to finish up with that, your uh, point. No, I'm okay. All right. So for businesses and individuals, how can they plan ahead of this looming crisis? Well, uh, outages are not alien to businesses in Ghana. Mm. It happens once in a while, and uh, most of them are backups when it comes to uh, power generation. We expect them to um, get a backup ready and also to um, ensure that their generators are filled to the brim uh, in terms of fuel because we're getting also the indication of uh, fuel shortages in town because of... Um, uh, this tanker driver is refusing to work 
for reason of bad roads. Mm. And so get ready your, uh, you know, standby generators filled and um, so you can rely on, on that. Also, you can also plan your, 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 your processing arrangements if you're a factory. So to make sure that um, you follow the load shedding timetable if ECG is forced to put at one. Between now and um, the 1st July deadline they have given, what do you think is going to happen? What is supposed to happen or what can happen is what we are seeing now. The IPPs, all of them, have issued a zero nomination to Grico, the transmitter. That's what has happened. Mm. Declaring unavailability by Saturday. What will happen again is government can forestall this between now and close of Friday, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Government can avert this, we believe so. All right, we'll certainly keep our fingers crossed on that. But quickly on the tanker drivers issue, today the uh, roads minister has spoken to the transport executive um, about the uh, issue. Are you optimistic the roads will be fixed in this? Of course, if indeed it is enough to call off the strike. Um, it is difficult talking for government and, um, you know, uh, putting your, uh, your hands in there. You can't speak for government. Uh, in this economic, uh, you know, um, challenging times, and uh, looking at the posture of governments, all the steps they take are quite reactionary, and uh, and so and so difficult talking for governments. We are not optimistic that anything good can come out out of this. This is not the first time tanker drivers have threatened shutting down or not moving uh, for purpose of bad road. I guess the more we are going to see shortages, right? It's already in town. It started already. And, it's and to... uh, it could be dipping if government is not, uh, you know, uh, doesn't, uh, you know, quicken a step to uh, get them to load tomorrow. And remember, it will be difficult to put out um, much of the fuel on the market on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. And now we see the 7th. We are indeed grateful for your time here on the market. Please speaking to us there. Let's move on to some other developing story we are following up for you. The Bank of Ghana has fined Fidelity Bank Ghana Limited and First National Bank Ghana Limited a combined 1,000 penalty points each for breaching sections 3.4, 3.5 and 3.9 of the Ghana Interbank Forex Market Conduct Rules. In addition, the Central Bank has suspended the respective Forex licenses of the banks from June 29 to July 28. Now, the central bank in a statement cautioned forex market players, including banks, forex bureaus, forex brokers, and money transfer operators to adhere strictly to the applicable forex market regulations and guidelines. Now, before we engage the perspective of banking consultant Nana Utui Champong first, um, we do know that the First National Bank has released a statement in response to the allegations. Well, it says it will soon reach an amicable resolution with the Bank of Ghana over the fine. Let's now bring in banking consultant Nana Utui Champong for more on this, and he joins me via phone. Uh, pleasure you could join me, sir, on the marketplace. Nana, break it down for us. For the purposes of education, what does this Ghana Interbank Forex Market Conduct Rules is all about? Well, it's all about how forex rates are quoted. And 3.4... 3.5 and 3.9 in summary relates to what the bank should do 
with regard to quoting this forest rate. For instance, 3.4 says you have to update your uh, quotations every 30 minutes, whether there has been a change or there has been no change. So in this instance, they are saying um, you didn't update even though you knew that there hasn't been a change. So if the rate was a 10 to the dollar at 12, and at 12.30 it's still 10 to the dollar, you should still do the physical change. And I think that the bank were found to have impacted by assuming that if there had not been a change between 12.30, uh, 12 o'clock and 12.30, then there was no need. Now they said, no, you have to, because uh, 3.5 and 3.9 says that they will report these on Reuters and Bloomberg platforms, and therefore they, they need to be there. Now, if you look at the infraction and relative to what they are charging them, they said for doing that, they are charging you 1,000 penalty units. Mm. And the penalty unit is 12 Ghana cities. So effectively, 12,000 cities. Okay. Now, relate that to publishing this in the public domain and the reputational damage that is being caused, the fear and panic that is being put in. It, 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 they don't match up. So I think um, the bank, both of them have issued press statements regarding this, and they've started frantic negotiations with the regulator to ensure that this one month is set to the barest minimum. I mm. think going forward, it's a lesson for mm. both uh, all the players that, you know, don't try to kill the proverbial house, take a fly with a sledgehammer because out of proportion. Mm. Because they, they, that, this notice, which has been made public, um, appears untoward because, I mean, banks are fined practically every day for various infractions of the regulation, but they are not public. Mm. So what we are wondering is, why was this public? Um, exactly, my, exactly my next line of question, uh, yes. because Fidelity Bank and, of course, First National Bank big banks in the country. So I'm wondering how they were able to fall foul of this market rules. Well, I, well they, 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 I've explained that um, it's something that I think shouldn't have happened. But they assume, as I said, that, for instance, you are supposed to update your file every 30 minutes. Mm. And their understanding was that the update should happen if there is a change. Because every 30 minutes, you have to update. And as I said, if the exchange rate is 10 to 1 at 12 noon, at 12.30, if it's still 10 to 1, you need to change according to the uh, rule. But they uh, erroneously felt that once there has not been a change and it's still 10 to 1, then you could leave it there. Mm. So, so, yes, so, clarity has been made. So, that means the punishment, in my opinion, is, is far-reaching. All right, so Nana, between now and July 28, which the Bank of Ghana has rightly spelled out, uh, yes. what will happen to their forex operating space? Well, they have to get um, partner banks to uh, operate those because it means they cannot, um, you know, operate those forex issues. Now, everything has got to be done by another licensed bank. Well, then both of them may be in negotiations with their partner banks to handle that on a temporary basis. 
But my hope is that it won't last as much as 30 days, and that it could be short 30 days. There are other developments which we can discuss now, maybe in another conversation, we can discuss. But for now, that, that is what has happened. All right. So, will this sanction have any sort of implications on the operations and, of course, customer confidence um, likely to be impacted? Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Unless the media is able to explain to the actual when that has happened, there are some circles, people are saying the banking licenses of the two banks have been suspended, which is not the case. It's only their forest license, so their banking licenses remain intact. However, that has to explain that the general public, especially for the uninsured, is one of the problems that the two banks face. We're indeed grateful, Nana Utui Champong, for your time here on the marketplace, breaking it all down for us. We've got to move on to some other stories. And despite the volatile economic situation in Ghana, coupled with the domestic debt exchange program, Enterprise Group has declared a first and final dividend of 0.0744 pesos per share for the year 2022. The company also announced a profit after tax of 222 million cities in 2022 compared to 122 million cities in 2021. There is more in the following report. According to Enterprise Group, amid the economic challenges, it still achieved a net income of 1,602 million cities, bolstered by stronger results in life, general insurance, and pension businesses. The company declared profit after tax of 222 million cities in 2022, compared to 122 million cities in 2021, with net cash generated from operating activities improving by 4.53%. To this end, the company at its annual general meeting declared a dividend of 0.0744 pesos per share for the year 2022. Daniel Labi, who is the group CEO of Enterprise Group. The dividend declared this year is a reflection of the challenges that the whole economy you know, uh, went through in 2022. Um, on the back of the data exchange program, we're able to still declare the dividend that we, we declared today. Um, the Assurance is that if we continue in the trajectory that we have seen or we saw in the past years, certainly there's going to be an improvement. In our dividend history is quite rich, so certainly next year we, we can uh, sustain a better dividend for our shareholders. He added that the company remains cautiously optimistic about the prospects for growth. However, we'll leverage on innovation to execute the vision for the company for 2023. Innovation is so key. In, 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 in modern day businesses. So that is what we are seeking to, to, to leverage on. And therefore, we have even set up an innovation center which is looking at, on daily basis, new ways of doing business. So innovation is going to be very key in our business.
forward. Meanwhile, the group delivered an increase in its total assets by 11.98% from 2,163.32 million cities in 2021 to 2,422.39 million cities in 2022, despite the impairment of its investment assets by 328.85 million cities. Moving on to some other stories, the Automobile Assemblies Association of Ghana has projected a growth of 60% expansion of the industry by 2027 if the government fully implements the Ghana Automotive Development Policy. According to Chief Executive Officer of Silver Star Ghana, the automotive policy, when implemented, will ensure sustainability within the space. Here is more. The summit presents opportunity for leading experts and industry professionals in the sector to discuss the latest trends, challenges, and opportunities in the automobile industry. Assad expressed optimism of a more robust automobile industry. I mean, the policy is very well planned, it's very well thought out. Uh, a lot of consultants brought in uh, world experience into it. So I know that we are better off than many other countries in Africa in, in terms of the way the policy is. And uh, already a part of it has been implemented and it is the implementation of that part which has made us realize this dream today. Uh, I'm happy to say that not only the cars that Silver Star is assembling, the Peugeot cars, but every car in this hall is actually assembled in Ghana. A few years ago, this would have been an impossible task. And so we have to appreciate and be thankful and be happy that this journey has begun. The industrialization process and dream of Ghana is in action here. I mean, look, a policy is always a journey. And so there's a final bit which has to be implemented, which will really make us become very viable. And today we've had the Minister of Trade and Industry assure us that that will be implemented this year and we look forward to that the summit was under the theme creating a new economic backbone for ghana and the sub-region the ghana institution of engineering has charged its members to imbibe professionalism in the operations according to its president engineer kwabna brimpong members would have to contribute to the various sectors to support government quest for economic growth he was speaking at the 38th induction ceremony of the professional engineering practitioners of the Ghana Institution of Engineering. At the 38th induction ceremony of the Ghana Institution of Engineering, the new members were held to be ethical. Engineer Kobina Bimpon reiterated the need for these members to develop social and interpersonal skills. We have come a long way as an institution of inducting members into our noble profession. However, I believe that there is more to it than just becoming a member of this great institution. Our induction today must not be a matter of ticking the box in your professional career development, but must start a journey of contributing positively to your calling as an engineer. Executive Director for the Institute, Engineer David Kweitia, said engineering practitioners are the helm of innovation and expansion, hence its members must exceed technological necessities. Development initiatives instill pride and ownership in the populace. It encourages innovation, ambition, 
and excellence in the next generation of engineering practitioners and entrepreneurs. Local content improves infrastructure and fosters inclusive, sustainable growth for all Ghanaians. Our initiatives must incorporate environmental sustainability, community welfare, and resource equity. After completion, we must ensure the safety, integrity, and functionality of our infrastructure. The institution inducted 207 engineering professionals spread over its four main technical divisions, namely civil, electrical, mechanical, and chemical. More on engineering, the Dean of the School of Engineering at the University of Ghana, Professor Elsie Ifakoffman, is calling on the private sector to support tertiary institutions with the needed resources to train employable graduates to contribute to social economic development. According to her, more investments is needed to, um, in academia to bridge the gap. She was speaking at an industry roundtable discussion on the transition from school to work organized by a non-profit organization, Education Sub-Saharan Africa. Non-profit organization, Education Sub-Saharan Africa, launched a report dubbed What's Next? Enhancing African Students' Transition to Employment Through Effective Career Services. The report seeks to address youth unemployment in sub-Saharan Africa, highlighting the significant gap between skills developed in universities and those required by the labor market. In an interview, Dean of the School of Engineering at the University of Ghana, Professor Elsie Efakoffman, said partnerships with the private sector is crucial in bridging this gap. We need to sit down, first of all, and set some targets for ourselves. As was mentioned, how many professionals in the various disciplines do we need? Who is monitoring to make sure that we are producing the right caliber of people to go out into our industries? Do we have targets? To what level are we supposed to train them? What are the skills and competencies that they are supposed to have before we even graduate them? And how much will it cost to deliver on this? Let's be realistic about it. Where I teach, I am an engineering professor. I teach engineering. I need resources. If the students are not able to pay realistic fees for me to acquire those resources, somebody must provide those. I don't expect that government will be able to do everything. The demands on government are too much. But sometimes private people should be able to invest because they understand what we are doing and that they see the need for us to produce people who are actually able to solve problems, real problems. Chief Executive of Charterhouse, Teresa Ayoade, urged industry players to work closely with academia to train students to meet the demands of employers. Those of us operating in the industry need to work more closely with the various institutions to explain to them the needs of our industry so that they can fashion and create curricula to suit our industry so that when they get their, their, their youth graduate, they can be easily absorbed by a sector. Currently, as I speak to you, the creative sector is highly underemployed. There are a lot of opportunities in the sector, but we don't have the skilled um, graduates to take opportunities. So when they join companies such as ours, it's a very long learning curve. And as employers, we are very concerned about that. We would like to be able to, shop in, to shorten the learning curve. And so this is a call for us to also get more involved with academia. Employers were advised to proactively reach out to universities for potential partnerships.
still watching the marketplace. Now, the government has reiterated its commitment to shift to less carbon generating sources of energy, breaking away from fossil fuels in the long term. There is more in this report. The energy transition framework seeks to scale up renewable energy penetration by 10% by 2030. A Deputy Minister of Energy, Andrew Japames, says the country is beginning to feel the impact of climate change. He spoke at the media launch and opening of nominations for this year's Ghana Energy Awards. Government's vision for a just and equitable transition framework is a bold one. One that aspires to discharge our international obligations in the matter of climate change and a move away from fossil fuel use. But it is also a framework that recognizes the importance of our natural resources and our determination to ensure that these are not stranded and that the transition happens on our terms and nothing else. As a ministry, we are committed to collaborating with our sector agencies and other relevant stakeholders to ensure that our goals are aligned as we pursue the conversation on the future of our energy sector and ultimately our national industrialization agenda. Together, there's so much we can achieve for our beloved country. The seventh Ghana Energy Awards is on the theme, Ghana's Energy Transition Framework, Sector Institutions as Building Blocks for the 2030-2040 Targets. Speaking of the theme, Event Director Henry Taino says the award scheme seeks to advance the energy sector development and transformation. And that's it for the program. I am Pius Kujubaka. But before we go, there are great stories on myjoyonline.com forward slash business. GIPC urges investors to be optimistic about Ghana's economy. Just uh, go to that portal and have a few of the stories there. Another one, take urgent practical steps to resolve concerns of tanker drivers or face fuel shortage, LPG Gas Marketers Association. Great stories on that portal there for you. I'm Pius Kujubaka. Let's turn it same time tomorrow. Bye. This week on the 77% Street Debate. The question of LGBTI rights. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.